0: Well, good morning, it is the 23rd of June, who can believe it, time is flying, even with COVID, I can't believe we've been in the house since March, although I must say I am going out a little bit more. This is Granny D, Dorcas Smith, out of Plymouth, Michigan although i ever i do wear a mask and the coolest thing that i got about my mask this week is my daughter gave me one yesterday with a great big smile on it it's bright yellow and it says smile and every time i look at it when i put it on it makes me smile inside so i haven't tried it out yet but i'm looking forward to it as i'm going to the doctor today so i'll be wearing it in the doctor's office Again, good morning, Granny D. out of Plymouth, Michigan. This is our weight management tr 90 Body Burn 30 program. And it's all about exercise. It's all about really good food and sleep and water and all those things. It's definitely a mindset or a lifestyle change that you have to change if you want to be well. My brother-in-law had a heart attack this weekend, which was pretty scary. We have no idea how he's doing yet other than the fact that he's getting wiggly and they put a stint in, so we don't know how he's doing yet. So anybody who wants to pray for him, his name is Wally Catcher. Please say some prayers for him because it'll be much appreciated. All right, here we go. So what is it all about? Exercise, exercise, exercise. But I'm going to start this morning with a piece from National Geographic, Your Brain, because I find that the scientific side is very interesting. Today I'm starting with memory. Without memory, people would live in a never-ending now with no idea of where they've been or where they might go. The memory of representations of the world gives humans the unique unique Ability to think about the past, the present, and the future. There's, other, there's one other unique ability. We can fantasize and we can give meaning to pictures and symbols. It's quite amazing. Scientists who study memory find it a tough nut to crack. Neural circuits responsible for memories lie scattered throughout the brain. Experts have found some brain regions to be particularly crucial. However, the hippocampus, so-called because it resembles a seahorse, hippo is Greek for horse, plays a significant role in emotion and memory. You remember more when you are emotional. Really interesting. Lying deep in the forebrain, it receives sensory data from the senses and integrates them into a single experience. So we have working and long-term memory, so short-term working memory. Some memories last less than a minute. Some last a lifetime. Working memory, a type of short-term memory, holds sensations for a few, few seconds. You remember... The last few words you spoke. Then working memory clears and you move on. Long-term memory is more like a filing cabinet. Information is, is, is more likely to make the transition from working to long-term memory if you pay a particular attention to it or associate it with strong emotions. Scientists find that the brain promotes forgetting, which is really interesting. It's a good thing, actually. When new neurons grow, they overwrite the old ones. Important memories grow stronger, while unimportant ones are weakened and you forget. You really didn't need to remember where your car keys were last week. However, the name of your new boss is burned into your brain by new connections. And that's another matter. Here's a little fact. Did you know, after hearing it twice, Mozart played a 12-minute choral composition from memory? Now, there's a talent that I wouldn't have, but he did. And he... Can you imagine playing a choral composition from memory after only hearing it twice, a 12-minute choral composition. Holy cow. We have some amazing abilities. Don't cut yourself short. So, now I'm moving on to Brain Rules by John Medina. He talks about exercise. I am realizing That exercise is probably the most important thing we do. If you can get an exercise doesn't have to be hard work exercise. It can just be going for a walk, but keep moving, keep moving. That's what gives oxygen to the brain and oxygen is what makes our brains truly magical. Think about this. How about treadmills in classrooms? Or in work space cubicles. If you remember when we were talking earlier, the experiment showing that when children aerobically exercised, their brains worked better. When the exercise was withdrawn, the cognitive gain soon plummeted. These results suggested to the researchers that the level of fitness was not as important. As the steady increase in the oxygen supply to the brain. When you can't think, go for a walk. Why? Because it adds oxygen to the brain and when you add oxygen to the brain it works better. Otherwise the improved mental sharpness would not have fallen off... Okay, so let me read this again. These results suggest to the researchers that the level of fitness was not as important as a steady increase in the oxygen supply to the brain. Otherwise, the improved mental sharpness would not have fallen off so rapidly. So they did another experiment. They found that supplemental oxygen administered to healthy young brains without exercise gave a similar cognitive improvement. This suggests an interesting idea to try in a classroom. Don't worry, it doesn't involve oxygen doping to get a grade boost. But what if, during the lesson, the children were not sitting at desks, but walking on treadmills? Students might listen to a math lecture by walking one to two miles per hour. Actually, 1.8 miles per hour seems to be the the speed. Or study English on treadmills, fashioned to accommodate a a desktop. Treadmills in the classroom might harness the valuable advantages of increasing the oxygen supply naturally. At the same time, harvest all the other advantages of regular exercise. Would such a thing, deployed over a school year, change academic performance? Until brain scientists and education scientists get together to show real-world benefits, the answer is nobody knows. And then, the same idea could apply at work. With companies installing treadmills and encouraging morning and afternoon breaks for exercise. Board meetings might be conducted while people walked 1.8 to 2 miles per hour. Would that improve problem solving? Would it alter retention rates or change creativity the same way it does in the laboratory? The idea of integrating exercise into the workday may sound foreign, but it is not difficult. Medina says, I put a treadmill in my own office, and now I take regular breaks filled not with coffee, but with exercise. I even constructed a small structure upon which my laptop fits, so I can write email while I exercise. Now, get this. At first, it was difficult to adapt to such a strange hybrid activity. But guess what? It only took a whopping, ta-da, 15 minutes to become fully functional at typing on my laptop while walking 1.8 miles per hour. There's a thought. Working on your laptop while walking on a treadmill. Medina says, I'm not the only one thinking along these lines. Boeing, for example, is starting to take exercise seriously in its leadership training problem, program. Sorry. Problem-solving teams used to work late into the night. Now, all work must be completed during the day. So there is plenty of time for what? Exercise and sleep. As a result... More teams are hitting all of their performance targets. Boeing's vice president of leadership has put a treadmill in her office, in her, 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 her office. Don't you love it? And she reports that the exercise clears her mind and helps her focus. Company leaders are now thinking about how to integrate exercise into working hours. There are two compelling business reasons for such radical ideas. Business leaders already know that if if employees exercise regularly, it will reduce health care costs. And there's no question that cutting in half someone's lifetime risk of a debilitating stroke or Alzheimer's disease is a wonderfully humanitarian thing to do. Exercise could also boost the collective brain power of an organization. Think about this. Fit employees are capable of mobilizing their God-given IQs better than sedentary employees. For companies whose competitiveness now rests on creative intellectual horsepower, such as mobilization, could mean a strategic advantage. In the laboratory, regular exercise improves, sometimes dramatically so, the problem-solving abilities, the fluid intelligence, and even the memory. Would it do so in business settings? Why not? What types of exercise need to be done and how often? This is worth investigating. Now, last week, that's basically the end of that chapter, but I just want to read again the summary because I think it's really important. Exercise, exercise. And exercise doesn't have to mean it's intensely rigorous. If you can do a little bit of dancing or you can walk, go for a walk 24-7, every day, not three days a week, every day, Rule number one, exercise boosts brain power. Our brains were built for walking up to 12 miles a day. And I think I'm good at five. So I was at four. I'm now working at five. Keep pushing yourself. Exercise builds brain power. Exercise or moving improves your thinking skills, so move. Why? Because exercise gets blood to your brain, bringing your brain glucose for energy and oxygen to soak up the toxic electrons that are left over. It also gives you oxygen to stimulate your ability to think and exercise also stimulates the protein that keeps neurons connecting. And the more they can connect, the more you have better problem solving and better thinking and just generally better performance. Aerobic exercise just twice a week halves your risk of general dementia and it cuts your risk of Alzheimer's by 60%. Just think about this. That's just twice a week. What if you're walking every day? That's an aerobic exercise. It's not quite as intense as dancing, but it is still an aerobic exercise. So if you can get out and walk every day, it will truly, truly improve your brain power. It will improve your memory. It will improve your anxiety. It will improve your overall feeling feelings of worth and it will help you deal with depression move 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 next week i'll begin with survival rule number 2 the brain has evolved too why do we have such a big brain i'll give you a hint because we figured we could either be big boned and strong, or we could have a big brain. And for whatever reason, the human species decided to have a big brain. We solve our our Earth with our brain, with our intelligence, because we're clever. Now we just have to figure out how to do it right, because yes, we can do it. All right, I'm going to finish. It is past the hour. I didn't realize I was going to go so long. Thank you for being on the weight management call. This is Granny D. Dorcas Smith out of Plymouth, Michigan. I'd like to to thank Brian Curry for all his hard work on keeping things going. For Frank Lomas for putting it up on SoundCloud and for speaking twice a month. And I thank you for being here. Move. God bless. Have a great day. This is Dorcas Smith, Granny D. signing out. All right, let's do my things.